All right, here we go. So, before I get started, I would like to uh, thank my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for saving my life. For real, for real. Man, I don't even want to go into it because, you know, statute of limitations ain't far enough. But, <laughs> but he saved me from a lot. That blood goes a long ways, I tell you. Um, before I get started, I'd like to thank a couple people. Um, uh, my wife, she's not here today. Uh, she had to, um, she's supporting her mom through a tough time right now. Um, you know, God put her in my life. Uh, we'll be married 10 years next month. <laughs> 10 years. That says a lot about a marriage, especially uh, about her. Anybody know me, 10 minutes for me is a long time. <laughs> And I say, God, you sure you want me for eternity? I'm like, huh? All right. But, uh, uh, you know, I remember I first met her because um, this young lady right here and um, my older son now, her, well, my son, but her older son at the time, were going to the same bus stop. And I was, you know, sitting there and it was like, it was, I just got in the bad, out of the bad relationship and I was like, God, it's time for me to do me. I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to praise and worship with you. And it was like, you know what I'm saying? I got to the bus stop and she was standing there. And it, what was that song? Moments of Love started playing. <laughs> and like, you know, I knew like something was about her that was different than a lot of other women that I knew. It's cause I kept hearing commercials and 90s R&B songs in my head. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, she a, she a red bone boy. Them red bones, boy, woo! <laughs> I started singing, I said, you know, looking at her makes me want to kiss a little longer, stay close a little longer, hold tight a little longer. And that is my big red. <laughs> but yes, like, she's been there for me in so many situations that, you know what I'm saying, she couldn't be uh, from nobody but God. Um, also, again, I want to praise the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, the Trinity. But there's another trinity here today that no other churches have, uh, was able to experience. This is the first time my father, my son, and, you know, not Holy Bert, but like Holes Bert. Like, you know what I'm saying? I, got, I had so much surgery, I got holes everywhere, so I guess I am holy. But all three of us have been in the same church at the same time. And my dad wouldn't mind standing up again because he stood up earlier. amazing man like you know what I'm saying just hanging out with him and I'm, I'm 37 years old but even my dad saying little stuff like he's proud of me like makes that scripture where you see that the father was pleased with Jesus pop out so much it makes you just want to you know what I'm saying it, it, it you know what's that thing on Dragon Ball Z that cartoon the sensu bean it makes everything just feel great like you know what I'm I gotta fix something okay it's nothing to fix well I gotta love on something all the kids going to school my wife here Angie, what you doing? And so I just, she was like, what's, what's going on? I was like, yeah, thank my dad. But anyway. <laughs> but yes, so it's like, it's an amazing thing having a man say he's proud of you, no matter what age you are. Those words mean so much. And to understand like how that feels with my, man, my father being a man, like my heavenly father being pleased with me. Wow. And we look at things like that, like, oh, yeah, I've been saved for a long time. But, yeah, you've been saved for a long time. 
And God, you know what I'm saying? God being a father, it, like those scriptures just started popping out so much. Um, I also want to thank the clergy for being here today. Um, appreciate y'all giving me this opportunity to stand up here. I also want to thank, you know, the, the yams and the, the youth. Like that ministry is great. Like, you know, this is my church too, but New Life, we got some great kids, man. For real. Like for real. Like, you know what I'm saying? Me and, you know, me and Rick, we be studying this stuff. Like, we got to really study because they come at us with some real questions and the, the conversations. Like, you know, it's just like, yeah, I studied about this. They'll be like, well, what about this? And I'll be like, uh, let's pray. <laughs> but they, they're, they're hungry for God. Like, they, like, a lot of these kids are. A lot of kids are really hungry. And a lot of times, like, we get on that thing where this generation is lost and First of all, all generations have been lost ever since the fall. Because if this generation was more lost than the generation before, we would have to get another Bible. And since we don't need another Bible, that means we still got the same amount of power. So these problems are not bigger than what we have to fight against. We just need to make sure we're ready to fight. It's easy, you know what I'm saying? Because especially because I'm starting to get older. I'm not old, but I'm starting to see, I'm, I'm starting to feel the cement get a little bit harder than it was at first. <laughs> And so it's just like, you know what I'm saying? And the only connection I really have to the youth is because my kids are still here. But once they move out, then, then the, the leather going to start cracking a little bit. Because it's like, what, what's this? Like, like I got to get my kids like, what does this mean? Did they just insult me or am I supposed to say thank you? What am I supposed to Like, I don't know this millennial talk. But, you know, these kids just need people like, you know, don't be scared to like even give them discipline. Not like necessarily just yell at them because one thing is my pet peeve. If you're going to discipline a kid, give direction. Don't just be like, sit down because I said so. Okay. You know what I'm saying? You sit, like, that's the thing you have to do at the moment. But it's just like, talk to them. Just don't be like, hey, be seen and not heard type thing. Because that's, be honest with you, that's a lot of the reason why I stopped going to church. Because I had questions about God. Because, you know, everybody's in here. And uh, like how uh, Brother George always says that they're quoting Pepsi products, like when they're speaking in tongues. But it's just like, you know what I'm saying? That's what they said. I don't know why we're speaking in tongues. Why does God make us speak in tongues? And why does God do this? And it was like, just sit down and do it. I'm like, okay, that doesn't make any sense. I'm going to listen to Wu-Tang. And so it's just like, you know, at least I know what they're talking about. They're talking about bringing ruckus. Okay, I know what that means. And that's how you get lost. That easy. Just, not, just because you just can't have communication makes a lot. But today I want to talk about something um, is uh, suffering. Dirty word, I know. Suffering and hope. Because a lot of times we always put hope in the same case as faith. But they're two different things. They actually go together, but they're two different things. Like bows and arrows. Like, they go together. Like You can't have one without the other, right? Um, one thing about faith, remember, is faith, hope, and love, right? And which one is the most important? Uh, Why is love the most important? Because it's the only thing that we're going to have to do throughout eternity. Also, another reason, uh, you know, I thought about it a little bit earlier, that's the only thing God can actually do with us, because God doesn't have to have faith. He's all-knowing. God doesn't have to have hope, because he's all-powerful. But God still loves, and we can connect with God with that. So, but we need hope and faith. Now, why do we need hope and faith? Well, what is hope? Uh, hope is the feeling of expectation and a desire of a certain thing to, uh, to, to happen. So faith and hope are two different things. Because usually when we think about faith, right, faith usually comes from something that presently happened and happened in the past. Like, for example, we have faith in God 
because he died on the cross. And so that's how, why we presently live the way that we do. But also hope is like, basically like it's like a car. Faith would be our car, we're driving in our car, but what's the main thing we gotta do to make the car go where we want to, a steering wheel? And that's what hope is. Because what you hope determines what direction you go. For example, if I'm a football player and I'm paid to get inside of the end zone to get a touchdown, no matter what comes at me, I'm gonna press to get to the end zone. Now, if I know I can't get in the end zone, you see how like sometimes teams just like, they can go out there for four downs because that's what they paid to do versus trying to push forward because they know they can't get past the defense. So they stop. So you can have faith, right? and not connected to hope, and you won't go to where God wants you to go. For example, if I, you know what I'm saying, I'll just share a little bit about myself. I have been a dialysis patient for six years now. And so I would go, and when I was, it, it, the thing that made it so hard, I stopped going to church for like two or three years. Not because I didn't believe in going to church, I loved going to church. But at the time, like I was preaching and teaching and doing things at church, but my physical condition wouldn't let me do it anymore. Like it was just a labor to get to church. It was a labor to get out of bed. It was a labor to do everything. It was a labor to go to bed. So it was just like, oh, I'm in the bed, but I don't even want to be in here. So I get out of bed, I can get back into bed. So it was just like, it was so much that when I would go to church and I would go there and it would take me five minutes to, to get a shoe on and take me another five minutes to get the other shoe on. And then it's just like, you get to church and the first thing is like, you know, they, people know your situation and they say, well, the reason why you're not healed is because you don't have enough faith. And I was like, okay. I said, like, you know what I'm saying? If I squeeze belief out anymore or something else, I'm gonna lay an egg. Cause basically I'm just, I was just like, you know what I'm saying? It's just like, I, you know what I'm saying? It's just like, I can't squeeze anything else out. Like I'm doing everything I can. Like, you know what I'm saying? You know, I went from watching eight rated R movies a week to two less so it's six so it's just like you know what i'm saying like you know uh, you know I, I you know we don't have cinemax so it's just like we don't watch like i was doing everything i was cutting everything out my life to the point where nothing was happening and then the fact that people be saying well if nothing happened yet then it's something you're doing wrong because god is this and something is wrong and so after a while my faith and my hope started to disconnect because i believe god can heal but I stopped believing God could heal me. And so it was just like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's cool, yeah. I believe people have nice cars, but I can't have a nice car because these people have power and I don't. And so it, I broke down. Like, I, I really had a lot of health problems. Like, you know what I'm saying? I don't know what happened. Like, you know, because people was like, yeah, that story about Joe. And it was like, you know, man, let me tell you something too. Boy, oh boy. If somebody else cliche me about something else, <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm sick, but it's, it's you right now. Because you hit me with something else again, I tell you what. <laughs> and so, you know what I'm saying? You just like Job. It's like, you know, God gave everything back double. I lost my kids. That's what Job said. Like, yeah, you gave me kids, but ain't the same people that was here at first. Like, that's a curse. Like, if I had to re-raise five more kids, me and God gonna have a problem. <laughs> Like from the beginning, again? Like can I just get like a continuation of different kids? Like you gotta start all over. I gotta change pampers again. Like you, these things, are, they're replaced, but he still had to deal with that. And so a lot of times we always see, oh what is God giving me? Like you can get this. No, it's, it's something we have to endure. And so a lot of times it's a race. Like you know what I'm saying? Even though you see like runners, like they're fast, but each step takes a toll. 
And they lose something every time they take another step pushing themselves. And this is what this Christian race is. Like, we push ourselves. So we got to get this thing out of our head that was being taught that naming and claiming. Push forward and, you know what I'm saying, God's going to give it to you. Some stuff ain't going to happen. Last time I checked, Jacob was limping the whole time. Like, you know what I'm saying? They was like, you know what I'm saying? You can't let this illness take you down. Well, let me tell you something right quick. I believe what you're saying. But let me verify with Paul. Whoops, he did. Oh, let me ask John. Whoops, he did too. So something took them away from here. Because this is not our final destination. This is not where we're supposed to end up at. So you get right. I don't need, man, look. Look, so I ain't, ain't even happening right now. But we sit up here and we put everything in the stock of things like, I'm single and everybody isn't. I'm not healthy and everybody else is healthy. I'm poor and everybody else has money. These things show where your hope lies. It's not in God. It's not God. Because once you get those things, where's God going to be when you get them? Like, let's just say God gives you a big house. What is that going to do to serve God? Because it was Philemon, Philemon, how you want to say it. He took his big house and that's where they had church at. What are you going to do in that big house? What does that got to do with God? What is your new car going to do? What is your husband or your wife going to do to get you closer to God? Or is it going to take you away from it? Because again, that's your God. That's what you hope in because if that thing breaks, that is where you're going to get despair and you're going to get hope. And that's what the devil is waiting for. Because the devil don't want your faith. He can't make you not think that Jesus died for your sins. He can't do anything about it. He can't stop faith, but he can take hope from you. He can take it from you real fast. And again, I could look, he doesn't want you not to believe in God. He just wants you to believe in other things too. And so once you start doing that, yeah, I can be a Christian and still do that. You're lying. Like, you know what I'm saying? All you're doing is serving and you are serving God. But this is what you call in God, you. And so it's like when I got sick, so many thoughts went through my head. Like, man, this is little stuff. Like, I can't work. How am I supposed to be a man if I can't work? How am I supposed to be a man if my kids see me as weak? How am I supposed to be a man when I hang around other men? How am I supposed to be who I am? This is what my identity was. And then the thing with my foot happens. Like, I had Sharpo on my foot. Like, my arch just dropped. Like, you know what I'm saying? I look like, you know what I'm saying? I was chauffeuring Fred Flintstone. He was just sitting in the back. And I was just running the whole time. Like, my foot just went flat. Like, you know what I'm saying? Somebody went to a tie. said, pow, my foot just... So it was just like, you know, and then on top of that, I had an ulcer on my heel. So it was like, I was walking around here for a, with a boot for three, four years. Like, I would get it straight and it would open back up again. And I'm looking at my doctor, he was like, come on, Chuck. Like, you know what I'm saying? He was just like, again? He's like, all right. So he kept helping me. And so, you know what I'm saying? I was so dis distraught and so much despair that I felt like, God, why are you doing this to me? Like, me and God had beef for a second. Like, it was a cow sitting between me and God. Like, we got a lot of beef with USDA right here. <laughs> we need to get this straight. And so, I get in the elevator, and you know what I'm saying? I'm waiting for God to say something. Like, I'm just ranting. And I'm in the elevator, and it's a guy in there. He got one leg. <laughs> and I was just like, I said, you know, he was talking to me. He was like, hey, what's going on with you? I said, man, I got also. I said, I did too. He said, but if I would have went to the doctor that you're going to now, I would still have my foot. See, a lot of times we don't see the end of the story. 
All we see is what we going through. Temper tantrum. Why me, God? Why not you? Why are you so much better than everybody else? See, that's what I'm like. You know, the thing is, is like, see, this, 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 this weak back Christianity a lot of us have. You know what I'm saying? I'm not just talking about us in this room. I'm talking about just in general. That, you know what I'm saying? We got to be the most successful. I mean, if we don't have all the success in the world, then God doesn't love us. But that's a lie because when we get things taken away, you can't take God away from us. There's nothing, you, you have anything that you can take away what I believe in. You have nothing, you can take away and take up all. And so it's like these things, like, especially that thing, man. Let me tell you the other one I used to hear a lot talking about something. Don't claim that sickness. Man, you see, look. <laughs> Don't claim it. Don't claim it, because it ain't real. Look, man, I ain't peed in six years. It, I have it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, matter of fact, I, I'm, I'm bringing Brother George up again. Brother George paid for me to go to a concert with him. He sponsored me. Like, you know what I'm saying? He literally made me wear a sponsor, sponsored by Anthony T. George. But it's just like, it was just like, he had it on my back. And so we sitting there in the concert, and like, matter of fact, the song, uh, the person that uh, Delicia played, Andy Minio, we was at this concert, and I was, we was in there getting it, man. Like, people was, you know, was singing, everybody singing the songs. And then the dreaded thing that always happened, like when I was on dialysis, it always happened. Intermission. Now, what do people usually do at intermission? They get food, they get something to drink, and what we do? We go pee. So I'm sitting in there, like, man, everybody's like, yeah, that was good. Well, all right, we're going to the bathroom, we'll be back. And so everybody goes. Now, I'm a grown man. Like, you know what I'm saying? If I was a woman, it might be a little different because women go to the bathroom. You going to me too, girl? We going. Like, all right. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey, yo, bro, I'm going to the bathroom. Hey, yo, I got you, dog. I'm going to go with No. <laughs> so I sit there. And so it was just like, um, I don't know if y'all remember that old, like, Lou Ferrigno Hulk TV show. Remember at the end, like, how the music would play with the piano? That was the saddest music. But that's how it would sound. Like, it was going, everybody was going. There was like three people there. And like we all just sit in the crowd, and, all, dun, 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 dun. and I'm sitting there just like, like that's how he would be there and trying to get a hitch. But it's just like, you know what I'm saying? I just fell out of there. And so God, in His infinite wisdom, and bless His soul for being so so patient, talking to a finite person like me. But uh, <laughs> was like, you know what I'm saying? You, I understand how you feel, but if everybody else was just like you, would you want to change? So is it really that you feel bad because you feel bad, or you feel bad because nobody else feels like you? And so it's just like, now I have to really think about, and why am I upset then? Like, because you're different? You know what I'm saying? A lot of times we're scared to be different. That's not, you know, but we have to be what God called us to be. Also, another thing I had to learn was, I'm on dialysis. Needless to say, in my great Christianity, that I really didn't care about people being on dialysis before I, I did. Like, you know, I was on dialysis myself. So how else in your mind would there be a plan for me to have a heart for people with kidney disease if I didn't have kidney disease? See, a lot of times when we start suffering people, it's because God is assigning us something. Because there's no way in the world, if I had all the money I needed and all the places I wanted to be and all the things that I wanted, that God would be the first thing on my list. And serving others would nowhere be second. So think about the things you're going through, whether it's your, 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 your status of relationship, 
or wherever you are in life that you feel like you can't stand being, whether it's your job, I can't stand my job. Well, why does God have you there? Have you ever thought about that? Or we've been praying that as soon as you hit rock bottom, the first thing he was like, God, get me out of here. God, get me out of here. There was a reason why the guy was in the whale. For, I mean, the big fish, excuse me. I don't want to be theological or incorrect. The big fish, the very large aquatic animal <laughs> that strolled along the bottom of the sea. But uh, there was a reason he was in there. And it wasn't because he, he, you know, he was waiting for Pinocchio to come and he was Geppetto. He was in there because he decided he didn't want to go where God told him to go, so he decided to go wherever he felt like going. So God put him where he was supposed to be. So there's a lot of times like, you know what I'm saying, God puts us in places we have to be. Like again, we saw like every time somebody's going through something, doesn't mean that you did something wrong. Like, you know what I'm saying, a lot of times we're like, God, why me? God, why me? Because you're, you're who I trusted. God is trusting, but what is the first thing we do? Temper tantrum. Like, you know, so many things that galvanize all the fears that I had the devil was making. And I, like I tell the kids the same thing. I said, the devil is great at making the biggest, tallest, widest wall that's cracker thin. All you got to do is be strong enough to walk through it. And so if you know guys on the other side, kick through it. Because that name and claim it thing, it, 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 it diminishes what God is doing. Because what's the point of having a God that can save you from anything? If you're not willing to accept that you're in anything. Because he can take you from there. Like, I was here. But guess why I'm here? Because God put me here. Because like you saw the Hebrew boys when they was in the furnace. What did they say? Our God can take us from this. But if he doesn't. Wait a minute. You ain't supposed to claim that. You're not in the furnace. You're not supposed to claim that. Yes, you're in the furnace. And if God don't take me, that ain't had nothing to do with how great he is. All that says is how great he is. I'm going to stay here and believe regardless. If you cut these flames on. Or if you kindly don't cut them off, but I would really appreciate it if y'all wouldn't burn me right now. <laughs> but I'm not bowing down to what you got in front of me. And it's just like, you know what I'm saying? We complain about things like we put hope in the government. Like, you know what I'm saying? We complain about Donald Trump. All Donald Trump was exposed that this whole political system that we put so much faith in is, is, is a bunch of idiots. Like, this guy is in the WWE Hall of Fame. Like, he is in... You think the you think Hulk Hogan, Donald Trump, Macho Man, Donald Trump. So it's just like you know what I'm saying it's just what it is. He can't really do anything because he's not over us like that. It's God who is in front of us. So it's like you can take because like we were sitting up there, we had so much hope when Obama got in there for real. Like come on now. Yes, we can. And so they turned around and said, so can we. And so it's just like. <laughs> and so it's just like those things, like, it, 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 you know, because I don't even pay attention. Because like, one thing that's, and you know, there is great peace in, 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 in having kidney disease. Because, you know what, I said, God, if you got me here, I'm going to enjoy myself. I said, oh, I ain't got to work? For real? <laughs> Say what? I go to the movies. Guess who ain't missing the previews? <laughs> hey, if God don't give me a kidney before, then guess who gonna see after the credits when Avengers Four come out? I be sitting, cause he was like, you know, what I'm saying, I'm sitting there looking. I be looking at the movie theater, and like Avengers are going off. You know how the after credits they have stuff in the Marvel movie, and so everybody else up there, and they start doing that. What's that uh, cartoon Teen Titans go? 
and they had the, the, the pee pee dance and like they showed you how to do it. Everybody sitting there squirming in the seat. I'm like, y'all can show another 30 minutes of the movie you want to. I'm good. I said, told you not to get that large soda. But it's just like, I'm, I'm great to take on road trips. Like, you know what I'm saying? And so it's just, it's just like, you know, and the sad thing, I be, uh, I be losing compassion with my friends because I be sitting there talking to them and they start doing that thing where they start squirming and they, they got to go, but they don't really want to because we talking. And I be sitting there and it's just like, and then it's like my friends, they know, okay, I got a day off. I wonder what birds do. And so it's so many things that like we lose when we don't see our hope. Like we lose the fact that God has put us somewhere. It may not be what we want, but there's other things we don't know that we actually do want because God put us somewhere different. There's so many people I've met being in the situation I have been in. Like, you know, it's so many, like, you know, talking to people and having expectancy is taking me to different places. But I did study, so I guess we can use some of this stuff. <laughs> so what is hope? Hope is not optimism, okay? Optimism is a mental state. Like, you can think yourself happy, but there's no necessarily, not necessarily a thing that, you know what I'm saying, I can think positive, but that's not really having hope. And so there's three different types of hope, right? There's wishful hope, right? That's the hope we have, like, I'm late for work, I hope my boss is not there. <laughs> and it's just like, hey, I done ate too much of Taco Bell, I hope nobody's in the bathroom. <laughs> and so it's just like, those things are, are, are wishful things. Like, there's things that, you know, that don't have any evidence of ever happening. Right? And so we do this a lot of the time, because, you know, me personally, I think it's just lazy, uh, being a lazy believer. Like, you don't see any evidence of it. Like, you see a problem, but you know, oh, this is what God will do. But God, it says nowhere, ex everywhere, anywhere that God will actually do those things. Like, you know what I'm saying? I said, I, he'll give me the desires of my heart, so I want wings, and I want to be a purple dragon. Like, it says nowhere in the Bible I can get those things. Now, you know what I'm saying, maybe there be, like, there's nowhere in the Bible that people are just getting wings flying around, getting purple dragons, you know what I'm saying, like, what was it, uh, a song that, you know, never mind, I ain't gonna use that one. But anyway, so, the things that we ask for and we pray for are based off of what? God's word. Not off our own things. Because, like, a lot of times you'll sit up there and we see these, like, different people say, like, you know what I'm saying, basically, wishful hope will turn God Basically, you'll turn into Aladdin and God will turn into genie. Like, you know what I'm saying? And we'll think God's supposed to be in a little lamp and we rub him and tell him what we want and he gives it to us. And you know what I'm saying? Then he comes out of there and starts singing, you'll never have a friend like me. <laughs> and so it's just like, you know, I, did, I love that movie too, man. Like, yo, man, that movie was so good. It was, it was deep. But, uh, so then we have another type of hope. The second type of hope is called expected hope. Now, expected hope is the type of thing when you plant a seed in the ground. You expect that to grow into, like if I put a tomato seed in the ground, I expect tomatoes to come up. Or like when a woman is pregnant, she is expecting a child. Now the only thing that's bad about expected hope, like you know what I'm saying, like a lot of times as Christians, we'll do something and we'll expect God to bless us that way. Like I play tithes, so God should give me money. That's not a blessing, that's a wage. And the only time I see wages of what God actually owes us is death. So if God actually started paying out what he owed, we, we really wouldn't want what we getting paid. Like, we don't want those benefits. We want the other ones. We want the imputed benefits. We want what we get because we're going through Christ. We want the righteousness that God gives us. So I'm glad he doesn't give me what he owes me. 
Okay. So when you have expected, like you feel like, God, I did this. I go to church every Sunday. Why me? I'm so faithful to you. Why are you doing this to me? That's what expected hope brings. That's not the good one. Now, the good one here is the third one, which is certain hope. Certain hope is what God is based off of God's word. God is certain to give us this because that's what he said he would do. Now, what's two things God can't do? God can't lie and God can't break his word. So if God told you, I will supply all your needs according to my riches and glory, in your mind, you might be thinking, rich. You thinking about richy rich? Man, I wish I was like that kid. But anyway, like, you think about richy rich, or you thinking like, I'm getting more. I need more of this. I need more of that. But you don't know what God is giving you. He is supplying you to fulfill his will. So if you're put in a place where everybody's poor and you got a penny and everybody else doesn't have anything, he might be using you to show everybody the way out. Because you think it was a coincidence that he used Moses to lead the people out. He put him in a place where he was a, wasn't with the, everybody else, but he put him with his people. And he was a Hebrew. He led them out. He didn't just send some random guy out there. He sent, he sent one of his own. And so he knew he was a part of those people and he sent them. But Moses didn't come back dressed like a pharaoh. What was he dressed like? How his people were dressed, right? So it's just like, what do you, like, you know what I'm saying? You can tell your attitude by the people that you're actually trying to save. Because if you're always just worried about yourself, I don't really think you're trying to help people like you say you are. Like, you know what I'm saying? Just because you are a Christian and the way you believe doesn't mean that because people come around you, they touch you. Woo, you know what? It's like Febreze. I just want more of what you are. Like, you know what I'm saying? If I could just touch the hem of your garment, I'm going to, if people just touch my clothes, they'll start going to church. That's not how it goes. My brother said something uh, that I always quote. My, people don't care how much you know till they know how much you care. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because one thing, because uh, John was teaching this in uh, a Bible study, talking about, like, David, when they called, like, was, like looking for all the sons to see which one they were going to make king. David was out there with the sheep still. They didn't even call him to the house. So he was doing what he was supposed to be doing. Like you, or if you're a leader, you, that's one thing I love about Pastor Rogers. And you know, he, like, you know, we was talking about it the other day, like if we was just to walk into church and the elders and everybody do the same thing, I don't know who's the deacon, who's the elder, and who's the pastor. Because you know why? Because we all are together. Like, you know what I'm saying? Nobody's like trying to push their titles out there. Everybody introduces themselves as this is me, in such and such, my title is something that I do. It's not who I am. And it's like, you know, because you are a part of God's flock and you just want to be a part with everybody else. But a lot of times you'll go places like, you'll go out there like, you know, this utopia we have in this, this building right now, it's not how it is everywhere. Sometimes you try to touch the pastor, you got to take a bath first. Like, they spray you with a water hole. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's just like, <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? It was just like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> It was like, you know, I was like, he calling me stuff in the Bible I'm not even, like, a part of. Like, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? I was like, first of all, I ain't never been to, I've never been to Philistine land. And second of all, like, you know what I'm saying? I, I don't, we'll just leave that right here. But it's just like, and so it's just like, but that's, that's not how God wants us to be. Like, we're supposed to be approachable. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, Speaking in tongues is a beautiful gift to God, but like, you know what I'm saying? I don't think you should lead off with that with somebody that's never been to church before. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's, that's a little different. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? It's just like, you know, my wife telling me I like to wear a mask 
and stuff like this. And I, you know, what I'm saying, my wife, um, my daughter, they have this onesie. They both have like she has one and she has one. They have a onesie. It says like you know, what I'm saying, it has like the old school like thing where it's like you know, what I'm saying, you got the back hatch. You know, what I'm saying, with the button. And so it was just like, you know, she was like, so she had the mask on, she had the onesie on. And she walked in the room, I said, I know for a fact what we ain't doing today. <laughs> you look very unapproachable. <laughs> and so I was just like, but that, is that how we are with our Christianity? Like, it's just like, man, are you just like so much like, what do you what do you, what do you do like you know what I'm saying? It's just like you have like a charger and God puts you up there and you just download the Bible the whole time and then like you walk out the door like everybody doesn't you're at uh, Z with God in your relationship, but I'm stuck at C. Like how did you get there? And like a lot of times people don't want to tell you, oh man, look, I be sitting there five minutes and I be trying to get myself right and then finally I got to the point where me and God got it so I can stop doing. But nobody want to tell that part of the story. I tell you one thing, like I lost a lot of hope because um, I'm 37, my son's 19. Like my, he was actually and his mom when we went to the prom. And so um, I was married for three years and we ended up getting a divorce. And when I got a divorce, I figured, you know, just like I was talking about the hope and faith, I believed in marriage. I thought marriage was beautiful. But I just think I was supposed to be married. And it got to the point, like, I tried to fix everything on my own. See, when you have expected hope, you, can think, you think that you can fix everything. That's what optimism makes you feel like. I'm only optimistic about the things I can fix. But this was out of my control. Like, man, I was doing everything. Like, I was going out on dates. And I was spending my whole paycheck on a date. Because maybe she won't leave if I do this. For, like, you know what I'm saying? And the girl would break up with me anyway. And I was just like, what am I doing wrong, guy? Well, maybe if I do this. Maybe a girl, and they kept leaving. And so, like, I got to the point where I didn't want to date anybody. I don't know how many times I proclaimed that. But it happened, like, six or seven times. But I remember, like, you know what I'm saying? A brother ministered to me in a way that he didn't even know he did. I told him about it. But Ricky called me up and was like, hey, he said, hey, Chuck, you want to be uh, my best man at my wedding? And I was just like, yeah. But, uh. I don't know how I feel about this marriage thing in my mind, but you know, hanging around him and seeing how happy he was making him, and then when we get, we actually were here, and so we were in the back, and like Rick started crying, and uh, what was that thing on The Simpsons? Like Homer said, he said, he said Lisa started crying, so when she cried, I cried, and Maggie started laughing, but it's just like you know, Rick started crying, I'm crying. I remember Elder Rollins walked in. And so it was just like, then he walked in and I started crying even more. And like, you know what I'm saying? And it was just like such a, a beautiful thing seeing somebody else be married. And I was like, God, I want that. And he was like, you can have that. Now the thing about uh, hope and believing in God for things like healing and stuff like that, let me encourage you about something. It ain't gonna happen right then. It always don't. I remember in uh, John, uh, what was it, John 5, when they talked about the man in the pool and he was talking about like how everybody was getting in the pool to get healed. Like the thing we always look like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Jesus came to heal. That's not what happened. The guy was sitting there for 30 something years. 30 something years. Like that's my whole life actually, how long he was sitting there. Like before I was like, you know, my dad had a twinkle in his eye, my mom had a twinkle in his eye. Before that even happened, this guy was already hurt. He was invalid. 
That means he was either injured or sick, but it was a guarantee he was disabled. And he also had his bed. Remember, Jesus said, take up your bed and follow me, right? And so, you know, basically it wasn't like he had a bed. It wasn't like he had a certain mattress out there waiting by a pool. Basically, they put you on that bed when they carried you around because you were sick. It was a hospital bed type thing. And so the thing is, you got to think about this. And these are a couple points we're going to go through right quick. So the guy was sitting there by the pool. And it was John chapter 5. You know, I, and so he was sitting there by the pool, right? Nobody would put him in. So you saw this dude couldn't get in there. And not only they didn't try to put him in there, like the people would see that he couldn't get in there. They would rush and jump in front of him so he couldn't get in there. So the guy believed that the water would heal him. But he couldn't get in there, so he had no hope to get into the pool, right? He, you know what I'm saying? So Jesus walked up and said, hey, man, you want to be healed? He was like, and he didn't say, yes, I do, because he didn't believe he could be healed anymore. His hope was gone. And that's exactly what the devil wants you right there. Because when you get into a fight, you don't want to just beat the person up. Because beating the person up won't do anything if they keep getting back up. Like, you know what I'm saying? If I hit somebody in the face, like, let's just say, like, you know, you believe that I got hope, like, me and Mike Tyson getting this. Oh, if I hit him in the face just one good time, I got him. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because if he hits me as hard as he can, it probably won't take my hope away because I probably won't be conscious. <laughs> he will take my existence away, but maybe not my hope. Because I still, in my mind, after being destroyed, I believe that I hurt him. I could hurt him. But if I hit Mike Tyson, and Mike Tyson says... I don't want to fight no more. <laughs> you won. It's like, I don't know, remember Kevin Hart was talking about the dude, like he, like the guy cut him off in trap, I mean, in the parking space, and the guy started slapping his leg like this. Like, if somebody does that, I don't want to fight no more. <laughs> like, you know, because that's my hope. My hope was that I could hurt you more than you could hurt me. But after I see that you can hurt me way more than I can hurt you, let's talk about this. Like, you know what I'm saying? Do you know Jesus Christ? It's your Lord and Savior. <laughs> Touch not his anointed. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's just like. <laughs> so it's just like, you know what I'm saying? So when you have hope, you have fight. But when you lose it, your fight's gone. You won't do anything. So the guy sitting there by the pool, like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, can somebody just kick the water on top of my legs or something? Like, you know what I'm saying? Can somebody just take a bucket and just dump a little bit on me or something? So the guy says, you can't be healed. Uh, you know, I can't be healed because I can't get over there. And Jesus said what? Pick up your bed and go. Now, this guy went from, so now he's in a stage where he had no hope, so now he has wishful hope. Because this might work. I'll do it because he said it. Because he wasn't expecting the Jesus to do anything because it didn't say anything about him knowing God's word. And before this point, there was no, because this is God's word being recorded by a live studio audience. And so it was just like, you know what I'm saying? So it wasn't over like, well, he did heal the other guy. Wait, that is me. Like, you know what I'm saying? So it was happening right then, right? So the guy says, well, I'll try it, basically. He, he, he got up. So he was like, I don't know if it's going to work while he's picking up his bed. He's like, whoa. The cool thing about it, Jesus had was so smart. Because you'll see him do like three words, but he did five things at once. Because you're not supposed to heal people on the Sabbath. That's what one of the problems was. First of all, he didn't touch the guy. He told him to get up. So he didn't violate any rules by anybody, even though, even though it were bogus rules. Still didn't violate because he didn't want to... Because Jesus had found favor with God and man. Right? So he did something. So the guy gets up and he has hope now. So from now on, what is that term? The thing that's so cool about hope, right? Once hope has been fulfilled, it becomes faith. So it's just like, you know what I'm saying? Now my faith is more. Because now, all right, God, what else are we going to do? 
And so the next time God does something, now I have more faith. What else are we going to do? So now every time something, so now where my light's getting cut off, don't worry about it. They've been cut off before, and they'll probably be cut off again. But guess what? God will provide. Because he's provided before, he'll provide again. So it's just like, you know, even like me being on dialysis, for example. The thing God was saying, like he just said so much, he started saying stuff. Like, what if this happened 100 years ago? Do you know how much of a blessing it is this happened now? Because it happened 100 years ago, what was they going to do? Like, they probably do me like the girl from uh, Willy Wonka, Violet. They're going to take me down to the squeeze room. Like, you know what I'm saying, to get all the juice out. Like, you know what I'm saying, it's just, what are they going to do? Yeah, it was like, they probably, you know, someone think, cool, I get a little song, and they, you know what I'm saying, they roll me around a little bit, but I ain't trying to go. First of all, like, you know what I'm saying, I, I love people, but I'm not comfortable with my life where I want four little orange men taking me to a squeeze room. That just doesn't sound like something for a godly man to be a part of. So I'm able to get on dialysis. Yeah, it stinks. It's not like what I want to. Something I have to take three hours to do. Somebody can do in thirty seconds by going to the bathroom. And especially, oh, and like you know, let me tell you something else is good about going to dialysis versus going to number one in the bathroom. So we was all in the house, right? And my wife was like, so this is back when my sons was like, you know, what I'm saying why right? Like it was horrible field goal kickers. Like everybody. When they went to the bathroom, they, they, you know what I'm saying, they grabbed their water hose, I mean, their fire hose, and they missed everything. They hit everything but the toilet. Like, everything. They was painting everything. I think I saw somebody's name written like a glistening color on the wall. And so my wife goes in there, she calls a family meeting in the bathroom. So it's, it's seven of us. And we all in the bathroom looking like sardines, like, who did this? And so, like, we pop steps back. She was like... <laughs> Hating me, me and mom ain't missed. So we brought my mom was like, "All oh, y'all guys, who did this?" So all four, like all five of the boys looked at me. I was like, "I'm with them." I was, just, I was, like, I was like, "Hey," I said, "Mine went this, went right down the drain because I got the tube that went straight there. I ain't got to worry about aiming." So it's just like looking at things from a perspective of like, you know, what I'm saying, not letting the devil take what God has given you because God gave you a new hope. Just like in Star Wars, like Luke Skywalker. A new hope. That can't, oh, I'm sorry, the uh, name of the message is Don't Drop the Hope. <laughs> sorry. But, uh, <laughs> do that what you will. But <laughs> it's just like, it's amazing. You can't let the devil take what God's given you. When we look at Romans 5, it tells us exactly, like, because the first thing when we have hope, like, we lose hope, what makes us lose hope? When we feel abandoned. Like, we feel like nobody cares, or when we get abused, or when people are grieving, hope disappears really fast. And as, as believers, and we know these things, like, when people are going through, that's what we need to fix. Because, again, having hope is why people make bad, not having hope is why people make bad decisions. People sell drugs because they don't have hope of getting money. They're not bad people, they're bad people, um, they're, they're doing bad things. And a lot of times we throw everybody in a lump, like, oh, these people are bad. Like, they don't have anything else. Like my, my brother said something to me one time, because I was young and fiery in the Lord, ready to go out there and preach, like, look, preach the clothes up, look, off a mannequin. Like, you know what I'm saying, it's just like, ready to, you know, it's just like, he said, he, said, he asked me a hypothetical question. He was like, Chuck, he said, what would happen 
if a woman was a prostitute, what would you say to her? And you know what I'm saying? I was saying what she's doing is wrong. Okay, think about this. And you're right. But what are you going to do? she got four kids. This is the only way she's making money. How else is she going to pay her bills? She stops prostituting. What's she supposed to do next? Didn't know what to say. So it's just like not saying that I shouldn't preach the gospel. Don't go in there trying to tell people what they're doing wrong. That's on, that's that's judging. You go in there with the with the correction and the connection. You don't just go in there trying to just sit up here like y'all kids need to stop selling drugs. Cool, we stop selling drugs. Now I'm hungry. You know what I'm saying? What I'm supposed to do next? And we don't give people any hope. What are you doing to give people hope? Like, you know what I'm saying? This God is great for you, but if you break down and start crying every time stuff comes, why is this God so good for them then? Because let me tell you something, man. Jesus is needed everywhere. Because the first thing we look at a neighborhood, like we was talking about it yesterday at men's prayer. We look at a neighborhood, this, this, you know what I'm saying? Pastor Roger was saying, we'll sit there and say, we'll think this neighborhood needs this. Because the one thing about men, and I, I can't speak for women because, you know what I'm saying, 37 years, I've only been on this side of the fence. But, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? We act like the dude on Wreck-It Ralph. Like, every time we see something, a problem come up, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, what's the little thing? He's like, woo, fix it Felix. That's his name, fix it Felix. Well, I had to sing the song to remember the guy's name. But anyway, <laughs> we want to fix everything. The kids come in, I'll fix it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? Versus just like, all right, what do you have in, what do you have in mind to fix this? Like, instead of teaching them how to do it themselves, I had to learn that myself because my wife taught me that because, like, you know, I was taking my kids to work. They're my babies. I don't want them right. We're going down the street by themselves. She threw them kids so fast on the bus and told them to go home to work. <laughs> it was like, oh you, oh, you need money for a transfer? Here you go. And it was like, don't come back until you finish going to work. Like, you know what I'm saying? I was like, okay. But it's just like we try to fix everything as men. But we can't fix everything. Like, you know what I'm saying? People have problems. Sometimes they just need an ear. One thing I tell my kids is, God gave you two ears and one mouth. The, the reason why you have a mouth is your brain goes to the bathroom through your mouth. That's all it is. All you're doing is your brain is going to the bathroom because you get way more out of life listening. Like, for example, one thing about this church I think is great is the fact that when you walk in the door, like most churches, like the women love you to death. And this church is, is no different. But the thing is, the dudes out love y'all. And which is and y'all love a lot. That's the sad thing. Like you know what I'm saying. Like, like the men come in, they hug. Like you know what I'm saying. Like, you know what I'm saying. We won't even do that like dapper hug because like I'm telling brother George, brother George, George doesn't like hugging people. But you have to hug me here because new life is a hug zone. <laughs> so I hug, I hug him here. I might hug him after I finish talking on the mic. But it's just like, you know what I'm saying. You you know what I'm saying. Love people. Like this place is a loving place. We are taught every Sunday to love people, and that's all it takes. Like, you know what I'm saying? These, like, especially because I have a heart for the youth, all it takes is just loving them. Like, you know what I'm saying? And talking to them about what's going on in their life and stop saying these are kid problems. No, these are real life problems. Because let me tell you something. If your ch child at a young age does something that an adult married person is supposed to do, your child going to be in a situation of an adult. So if they have that threat on them right now, then they can't be this little, uh, hey, Jesus and friends Bible will be giving them. They need the word. But it's just like, you know what I'm saying, to keep tucking them in the corner and, and you know what I'm saying, with that expected hope. You go to church every Sunday, so you expect your kid to be saved, you expect some stuff. And I wanted to use the other word, but I'm saved and sanctified. 
And so it's just like, you know what I'm saying? You got to put, if you don't water a plant, guess what? The plant dies. If you don't water your kids with the word, why are you hoping they'd be Christian? Like, you know what I'm saying? I have done it before. Like, I've sat there and I've tried it. Like, I watch a lot of X-Men cartoons. I watch a lot of X-Men movies. I've tried, look, I tried to, like, my wife was in one room and I sat there like Professor Xavier and tried to wish her to, and will her to make me a sandwich. <laughs> and I'm still waiting on the sandwich. <laughs> so it's not gonna work. If you don't go home and open your mouth and talk to your kids about what God is doing for you, your kids ain't gonna get saved unless somebody else do it. Now why, now why is it, and I'm not trying to be funny, but why am I talking to your kids, introducing them to this Trinity? Why am I? Why am I doing it? Why is this not happening at home? And I'm not giving an indictment because I do it too. I get home and watch Netflix. I get home and watch YouTube. I hope my kids say, really? Like, you know what I'm saying? What is your hope in? Because again, if God is your hope, why is he not their hope? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, all you showing them is like, you work hard and you go to school. We make sure they go to school. But where's God at? Where's he fit in it? Like, you know what I'm saying? We expect our kids to do the right thing, but what's the right thing? What are they seeing us do? Like, when, when a problem comes. Like, that's the main thing I did, because people give hope. And again, I keep not using these notes. I'll email y'all. But it's just like, people keep take like, we're selfish. Because we get in bad situations, we start suffering. And we want God to fix it. But God wants to use us. You know what I'm saying? Because uh, my friends pray for me a lot. All of them do. They pray for me all the time. Why would I quit? Because that's going to damage their hope if I quit. You know that? Like if they sit up there, they pray to God, and I just die. Not because I die, because, you know, this is to say, I, like, you know, y'all play Oregon Trail when y'all was a kid. You know, I died of dysentery. <laughs> was just, you know, just because, like, you know what I'm saying, just, I, Bert, you could have drawn water. No, I just... I didn't feel like fighting no more. What is that going to do to other Christians' prayers? Like, every time somebody try to help you, I don't want people all up in my business. Like, look, I can do what I want to. Stop telling me to stop. You know what I'm saying? I love him. I love her. Her. My girl. My white angel hit when I say, I love her. They, 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 uh, her. God put them in my life for a reason. Yeah, it was a test. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I love that. Like, you know what I'm saying? My job is everything. And you know what I'm saying? And everybody tries to help you, and you slap them away. Then you wonder why when you're going through, you know what I'm saying? You see when, you know, you see when people messed up, you know what I'm saying? You got one Timberland, yeah, you want, you want your high heels missing a heel. Like, you know what I'm saying? Why don't nobody want to help me? We scared too. We don't know what to do. I'm confused. Like, do you want me to stay back? So then we'll just say we'll pray for you. But the thing is, is like when people pray for you, you got to go. You got to move. Sometimes, you you know what I'm saying? And sometimes when people are going through, keep praying for them and keep going for them. Because I'm telling you, tell me how much faith did the paralyzed guy have when they lowered him through the roof? Can't tell me because they never said anything. The four guys said, we're going to get this dude up in here to Jesus. Are you willing to go that far for somebody? That's what I'm saying. How far are you willing to go? Or is God just a convenience? I got you when I can. Well, if I'm at church, I'll do it. Are you going to do anything? See, we don't have any expectancy. We keep saying the world ain't changing, but you don't expect things to change. You don't sit up there, God, 
Put somebody in front of me to help save them, Lord God. Help me. No, if, you know what I'm saying? I'm at work. I ain't trying to do all that. Like, they don't like, you know what I'm saying? You know, we get to work and everybody's like, yeah, you the Christian guy. You the Christian guy. So what? That's like being the only person on the, uh, the Titanic with a life raft. Which, by the way, that movie was horrible because there was plenty of door for that guy on that. But anyway, there was enough door. Y'all could have took turns or something. But anyway, you know what I'm saying? It's just like, what is the use? Like, you know what I'm saying? If God sent you to save people and you only save yourself, it's the same scripture talking about something. Well, God, I just put mine in the dirt and hid it. You ain't invested anything. What are you saying to people? What are we saying to people? What's making them go forward? Like, you know what I'm saying? Can they rely on you? Like, okay, I may walk away from the church, but will you still be there? Because it says, clear as day in Romans 5, stand. If you don't know where to go, my kids, I yell at them. Like, hey, you know what I'm saying? Why did you go over there? He's like, I ain't know where to go. If you didn't know where to go, why did you go in a direction? If you don't know where to go, God, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Stand. Pray and wait. Because suffering produces character and endurance. It teaches you to be patient. And it teaches you to be purified. And it teaches you to stand. But the, the thing we don't want to do, we don't want to wait. We want it right now, God. We want to put God in the microwave and hope everything comes out for the best. I'm telling you right now, if you only can push buttons, that is not the way to cook. And that's going to be a hard time to keep a guy. Because I'm telling you, they still make women like that. They still, and the men got to cook now, too. Ask me about it. <laughs> And I was just like, somebody got to cook. We both came, you know what I'm saying? We both came, like, Hungry Man only get us but so far. I was like, that ain't going to work, girl. I said, I, I said, I watch Food Network. One of us going to do something. But it's, we got to take this hope and move forward with it. We can't sit up here and keep talking about how bad this generation is. Let me tell you something. Because it's like, you know, people be like, you know what I'm saying? Back in my day, we had mothers in the church. Well, first of all, I'm 37 years old. I am not old enough to vote mothers out of churches. So that's not my fault. Y'all did that. And then people be like, well, back in the day, the spirit was moving all over church. Well, why did you leave? <laughs> or when your mama was telling you all these things, kids don't follow directions. So why is it that you can tell me you kids should always follow their parents' directions? Then the next thing you tell me, you left church for 10 years, then you came back. How did all that happen? Because you're doing the same thing the kids are doing today. The devil's playing the flute like a pie pipe when they're walking away. And instead of saying, I know what you're going through, why y'all kids like that? Because it's easy to point a finger at a kid, but guess what? I tell my kids, like I teach kids this all the time, when you point a finger, you know it's a trinity of fingers pointing back at you, right? Because you're supposed to do this supposed to reach out and grab people when where is that going to because I'm gonna tell you something because you know what I'm saying you can sit up there on your high horse of, I'm gonna leave right here you can sit on your high horse of Christianity all you want to but didn't your God put on human clothes and come get your monkey tail from where you was at didn't your God endure being a baby like I'm the God of the universe sitting inside of somebody's stomach waiting Whew. She need to stop eating these tacos, man. This, this, like, didn't your God have to sit there and go and be a kid and grow all the way up? That's literally like me seeing my kids struggling in kindergarten. I throw my diploma on the side. I'm still graduated because God is still God. Yeah, I put my diploma over here 
and I go to kindergarten and go through school with my kids to make sure they graduate. And then on top of that, I still see they're not going to make it. So I take my diploma and I put their name on it too. And now they're going to ride off the fact that I graduated. Where's your life like that? Because we don't want to sacrifice. We want to be blessed. But the blessing is in the sacrifice. Why is Jesus the name above all names? Because he sacrificed. Not because he told people to give me more. He said he made himself become less to be greater. Why are you not willing to do that? Because your hope is keeping what you got. You want to keep what you can control. But you can't control anything but the fact that your knees can go forward and you can get down on them. This ain't the NFL. We can kneel here and won't get in trouble. Why are we not doing this to people? And we wondering why things don't change. We want, let's be real. Like, you know what I'm saying, this family. Why are we wondering why people ain't coming in here? Because the work is out there. I have never seen a farmer get crops from his couch. <laughs> the people are out there, the worker out there. This is just the headquarters, the police patrol. You go out there, you answer calls. People are sick. And another thing, let's talk about hope. One more thing, I'm, I know I keep saying that. In my third closing, no, this is like, we get, <laughs> but for real, and this is, you know, and this ties into what we're gonna close at. We got altar call. The Bible talks about you need healing, right? It talks about where you're supposed to go when you need healing. Where does the Bible say we go? Why your butt's in the chair. God, and I'm not saying it's like an indictment. That was an indictment God put on me. You're too prideful to walk up to get healed, but you're crying at the same time. Which one? It's, it's going to come a point where you're going to have to make a choice. Do you want to cry more or do you want to come more to God? If you're sitting there and you're suffering, now nah, I think you like it. This, it's like somehow I got a spiritual dominatrix thing going, right? Because you like suffering, don't you? Like, you know what I'm saying, the safety word is sit. Because you're sitting in your chair when they're calling you to come get healed. Like, poor elders, they be standing up here. It was like, somebody just come up here, man. I'm just standing here. They singing a song, the song is nice, and we just sitting there looking at them like. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying, we see all them churches with people walking up and getting healed and stuff like that. And a lot of them are practicing false teaching. But we get real teaching here and we stay back and not do anything. Walk on your faith. If God doesn't heal you, let me tell you something. Because like the thing I kept hearing about my foot is like, how long are you gonna be in that boot? Because the thing is, people couldn't see what God was doing. God had an under construction thing on me. The boot was just the fact of something going on on the outside. But God was fixing me. God made me expect again. I didn't expect things. God it made me expect to be blessed. And I did, the thing is, is like I don't put a mandate on how God blesses me. You know what I'm saying? I just go out there and say, God, whatever is out there for me, let it be for me. And that, that I expect more work. And I expect more purpose to be given. I expect people to come by and I can share the gospel with them. And I expect things to happen. Whether it's like, you know what I'm saying, if I'm the one that waters or plants, but God will get the increase. Like, you know what I'm saying? Say something nice to somebody. Speak to somebody. Give somebody else some hope. Hey, you can make it. God is still on the throne. Yeah. And you know, we leave it right there. Yeah. 
So if today you don't know that Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, and you don't understand who God is in your life and you've lost hope in God because you didn't get what was on your wish list. Understand that God has never won anything. He said, went anywhere. He said, I'll never leave or forsake you. So when you're going through your hard times, or if you're going through something tough, not only is a God a God that's calling you, he's also a God that walks with you. I know how hard it is as a parent to watch your kids fall down, but you know sometimes you have to let them fall down so they learn how to get up. Maybe you've fallen down. Maybe you don't know how to get up. But you can't stand and you can come. Maybe your relationship with God is not like how it used to be. But guess what? God's still waiting for you. He hasn't gone anywhere. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. While there's still time, you can come. If you need healing, financially, physically, spiritually, you can come. The elders will come and they'll pray for you and they'll lead you to where you want to be. And it's with the Father. If you can't come. Don't let these times just go past. We see people leaving every day, going towards God or not going towards God, but they're leaving. Don't let it be a day that you let go by without getting closer to him. If God's waiting for you and he's being a gentleman asking you to come, just come.